mind in the book of Psalms, Psalm 90. The book of Psalms and the 90th Psalm. And we may read from the 10th verse. The book of Psalms, Psalm 90, reading at verse 10. The days of old years had these gold years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy work. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts, our hearts unto wisdom. Especially the twelfth verse, so teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. <clears throat> there are two reasons. In the immediate context for this prayer of the psalmist, First of all, the brevity of life, our days, or the days of our years, are three, four, and ten. And if there be to some four score, get this extra number is but sorrow. For we soon fly away. And that is a most expressive way of putting him. Man's departure from this earth. He flies away. As if he were in a hurry, not caused by his own will, but as if he were being hurried on, he flies away. We appear for a little while and then vanish away. And the other reason he gives is the wrath of God. 
Who knows the power of thy love? If there was nothing to life but the cessation of existence on this earth, then many would desire death rather than life. There is nothing surely in this world but which man should be so concerned as that death would appear to him the greatest of all evils. It is not for what he leaves, although of course that enters the picture. It is not what is in the foreground, though, when man thinks of death. It is not what he leaves, but the question of what he is doing. It is appointed unto men once to die, and after that, the judge. If it were just a question, of dying what? And that be the end? Well, we don't see very good reason that anyone should concern himself very much about death. The attitude to life then that would be best would be a stoical indifference to whatever might come to pass. But there is judgment. There is wrath. Who knows the power thereof? And when we consider the brevity of life, its shortness, the fact that it is as an hand's breath, and yet into this small compass, much wrath may be stored. As Paul reminds us in the epistle to the Romans, Dost thou, O man, after thy hardness and impenitence of heart, dost thou fashion up for thyself what? against the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God? Because of this man, because that there is wrath, and of course because that there is mercy too, but that is not what is, what is in the immediate context, although that is always in the background, because of the soul, teach the world to number our days that we may apply our heart unto wisdom or that we may cause our heart to come to wisdom. But there is perhaps nothing in which the folly of man makes itself more manifest 
ولی من اهل تو تای
Hassan wants to do. Whether he do it, of course, is another question. But he has a work to do. And his work and his time are measured with divine activism. So that he, if he is to do the work, he must use the time God gives him. And there's none to spare. There's none to spare. Now in this con connection, no wonder this harm is faced. Lord, teach them us. Here is a confession of ignorance. Teach them us. In relation to this. Now you will have noticed, especially in the reading of the New Testament, that two special days are mentioned. There is what we may call our day. We have our day allotted to us. Our day. For the days of our years, whether you apply to it the singular or plural, it makes no difference. It is our day. But there's another day too. And that is the day of the Lord. You know the difference is this. It is extremely difficult to express it accurately. But the difference is to be found somewhat along these lines. Now in our day, within the limits of our nature, we have scope and opportunity to show what spirit we are of. Enough scope is given to every man to show what he is, to prove what he is. This, this is his day. It is a day which we say within certain limits, which he uses as his own, which he spends but which he misspends, which he uses, but which he abuses. That's his It is to show man what he is. But then there is to be of the Lord. And this is to show what the Lord is. That which was obscure, or rather that which man deliberately hid from himself, will be made abundantly clear in the day of the Lord. Now 
notice to this day that uh, Paul refers in the chapter to rest. In fact, uh, he refers much to it in both his epistles to the Thessalonians. The day of the Lord will come. And it will come as a thief in the night. His day. His day is sure. It is well marked, shall we say, on the calendar of God. There is no possibility of its being overlooked. The day of the Lord will come. And will come as a thief in the night. Now this is the cause. For when they shall say, peace and safety, that is, when they still go on in their erroneous ideas and applications of time, when they say, peace and safety, that is, as things are today, so they will be tomorrow. When they say this, then certain destruction shall come upon them, and they shall not escape. When man's thing goes on in his own paradise regarding time, this is the philosophy of the human heart in respect to time, as things are today, so will they be tomorrow, and much more abundant. That, that, that is the, the, the principle of thought that regulates the thinking of man as regards time. Things will go on just as they are, or they will be improving as they go on. As today, so tomorrow, and much more abundant. Don't you get away from this. To be put right at the heart of where this contrast appears in man's difference of thought from God, respect in time, the psalmist takes each How to number our days? What does he mean? Well, he has this anyway. Thou hast already numbered them. Oh, it is numbered. And nothing in the universe can alter that. They are numbered. To the hours, to the half hour, to the minute, to the second. They are numbered. And they are numbered by God. 
He has already numbered. No teach the worst, says the psalmist, to do the same. Not put in the same way. God has numbered them. And he knows the exact moment at which the number is up. We don't know that. Not as we supposed to know that. Yet, we are to number the ways. When we do not know when the end is to be, let us number the... And what sense? Well, in this sense, first of all, there's no time for that. No time for childish play. No time for that which is detrimental to well-being. There are no days for that. Teach those to number those days. That is to put them all on the right side. However short or however long they may be, may they all be on the right side of the ledger, so to speak. And what right side is that? That all of these may be spent in glorifying God. This is the numbering of the days which is not only legitimate, but which is incumbent upon man in his present state. Teachers, how to number them? Now this is no easy matter. No easy matter. Now in the number, supposing you have so many days, the Lord has given you so many days in the sense in which we have already indicated. Now when you number your days, you cannot say it like this day. <coughs> well, I'll give this day to the Lord, I'll keep the other one for myself. I'll use this one in this way, and use this one in that way. No, no, you can't number them like that. You have to number them thus. God they are his in the most absolute sense. And the numbering of them on my part to consist in giving them to him. Lord, the day is thine, says the sun. The night also is thine. The day is thine, and the night is thine. You remember how Paul argued in that epistle, or in that chapter of the Thessalonians, first Thessalonians we read? He says, the day of the Lord is coming, but ye are not in the dark, that this day should take you unaware. Why were they not in the dark? Because they had numbered their days. 
We say we believe it, yes, that's easy. But when we look for the fruit of belief or faith, it is it. And why is it not there? Is it not in the last analysis? Because we don't really believe. Do you believe this for instance? And this should be a very simple question. In one way at least. Do you believe that you may be called to account before this day, sir? Do you believe that? Do you believe that you may be summoned from time to eternity before this week is up? Do you believe even that that may be true of you? That the summons may come to you which you must obey. That it may come before this year is This is the first Sabbath of another year. Now before the last comes, where shall we be? Do you believe that it is you? Let alone everyone else. Do you believe that it is you? Are entering on the last year of your life. We say, oh yes, we believe that. But do we? I say no. No. We don't believe it at all. Doesn't matter what we may say. There is something lurking at the back of the mind. As if the old man used to put it, the fool in the heart. Say, no, that may be true of others. But not of me. I think I told you before the story of two men who were <coughs> at the funeral. They were looking into the open grave and one said to the other, Do you believe that you are coming here yourself? No, I said, I don't, but I believe you are. Yes, that is the natural, that is the natural reaction of the heart. Not me, or everybody else, yes. But not me, or you say, but I believe I may, yes. But if you really believe it, do you think you could dismiss it so easily? Do you think you could get away from it so easily? Oh, no. If you really believe this, if you were taught, to apply your heart to wisdom. Oh, what a difference it would make. What a difference it would make in the world. What a difference it would make to ourselves. Now this is the first thing, or one of the first things, that the Lord teaches when he makes men and women wise to salvation. He teaches them the uncertainty of time. We know not what a day or an hour may bring. Hence, 
there is activity in the soul that things may be put by before it is too late. See, there are hundreds, my friend, thousands, yeah, millions, especially of people who have heard the gospel. And they rest quite comfortably in this. Oh, well, they say, things aren't today what they should be, we know that. But we hope things will be all right before the end. We hope that things, things will be all right before the end. We're hoping for something. Now, what is back of that reason? It is this. We have much time. There, is, there, there are lots of time. That's, that's what lies behind. Something will happen before the end. And of course, in that thing, the end is so far away. That anything you did may happen. But what if the end is near? It is near in any case. It is much nearer than you think, too. But what if it is so near that you may be at the very edge of it? Ready to fall into the deep that is into eternity. Lord Jesus, all my hands are much more. Lord Jesus, teach us to number our days. To number them in this way, as if each, as if each one were here, man, for this very purpose. The purpose of eternity. The day that we get should be spent, should be done in this way. It is a day for which we must give account. Oh, how different we are. In our, in our uh, lavish prodigality of time, it is a serious to be given time, to be in the stream of time, it is a most serious uh, Does it not bespeak the callousness of our heart that we should be so unconcerned about? And the man who has realized his own callousness in this respect is the man who says, to number our days that we may apply our heart to wisdom what is wisdom the beginning of wisdom that's the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord The fear of Lord is the very beginning of it. In applying your heart to wisdom, we apply ourselves to the fear of the Lord. And see how that turns into what we have in the New Testament. What Peter says, for instance, 
spend the time of your sojourn here in fear. Not the slavish fear that would make life a misery, but spend it in the fear of the Lord. Spend it in the clear consciousness of being responsible unto him and therefore with the full purpose of being acceptable with him acceptable unto him and accepted of him to apply your heart unto wisdom in this sense is to spend our days on God and not for ourselves. Oh, that's difficult. Yes, very. It is not something that you can beat yourself into or argue yourself into. There are so many, um, there are so many obstacles. There is so strong opposition against it. Yes, nevertheless, there is no getting away from this fact that this is the only of spending your life. Applying your heart to this God. Applying it to the fear of the Lord, therefore to the knowledge of the Lord, and to the relationship between him and us, that he created us for himself. So there is a question say, that might arise here, or rather an objection that might be put forward. What kind of a life that would be? Oh well, some would say that would be a very miserable life indeed. But that's far from being the truth. Not only is this the only life truth, but this is the only way of enjoying life. That may seem a paradox. It is. And will always, always will be the natural mind. More than a paradox, a flat contradiction. But it isn't so. The only life that is a life of joy is the life that is spent in the heart being applied to wisdom. The term indicates that. That we may apply our heart to wisdom. Why? Everything else is holy. And holy and misery are inseparable. Holy and misery go together. But wisdom and joy go together also. It is, in, it is that which is in wisdom that must have a company. Joy of the Lord. And that's the only thing worth having after all. Those as a witnesses could be called to verify this. Apply your heart to wisdom. To wisdom.
it is of itself applied to all it lies in error yet it lies in mission or in the And how is this to be brought about? And with that we are done. While we remind ourselves once more of what this wisdom is. On our part it is the fear of the Lord. In its revelation of God's heart, it is Christ. To apply our heart to wisdom is to apply our heart to Christ. And those who know anything about it know that that is the most blessed thing that they can have this side of eternity. Their heart that lies unto him, resting in him, joining in him, as their rock, their strength, their strong tower, and their feet. Apply your heart wisdom. But unto us who are saved, but who believe, that is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Oh Lord, teach us. That's what the psalmist says. To number our days that we may apply our heart Amen. Let us pray. Oh, blessed. Thou only canst teach us to profit. And we pray that we may have this teaching which is from on high. The teaching which is one of the blessings of the covenant. For it is written that thy children are all taught of thee, and therefore that great is their peace. They are emancipated from the fear of things of time in as far as they rest in thee. O Lord God, that our soul may rest in that we may realize that our life is not our own, that, it was, that we may spend it not for ourselves, but know something of that resolution that gracious and blessed resolution of thy servant when he said that the life he lived in the flesh was lived a life of faith of the son of god who loved him and gave himself for him we are ignorant we are wicked for blessed Make of us what thou wouldst have us be. Take away our sins and accept of us. For Christ's sake, amen.
90th sub. The 90th sub. At verse 11, who knows the power of thy wrath? According to thy fear, so is thy wrath. Lord, teach thou us, so end in mind, to bear, and so to count our days, that we our hearts may still apply to learn thy wisdom and thy truth, that we may live thereby. Turn yet again to us, O Lord, how long thus shall it be? Let it repent thee now for those that servants are to thee. O with thy tender mercies, Lord, as early satisfied, so we rejoice shall all our days and still be glad in thee. We shall sing these four verses of Psalm 90 from the 11th verse. Who knows the power of thy wife? Oh, no. 